0: taking a sugar pill under the impression that it's a real medication can not only improve your depression or your anxiety, but also reduce your blood pressure, curb your asthma, boost your immune system.
1: That's Dr. Aaliyah Crum, and this is the Depression Detox Show. Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. And thank you so much for tuning in with me today as we have Dr. Aaliyah Crum making her first appearance on the show to talk about the placebo effect. And those who aren't really familiar with the placebo effect, I'll try to do my best to give a a brief explanation, but it's it's basically a phenomenon that that harnesses the power of the mind to have a positive health outcome in the body. And a prime example or an example that is common is the example of when a doctor gives a patient a sugar pill and says that this pill will alleviate the particular symptom that That patient is having. So let's say, for example, someone has some IBS symptoms or maybe they're dealing with chronic pain. And then, after the patient takes that pill administered by the doctor, all of the symptoms go away, even though the pill that they took was basically a sham. And I'm really excited about today's clip because this is the work that our featured speaker is here to talk about more as she delves further into today's topic. And she shares some of her research findings and some of her lab outcomes in using the placebo effect. And then she explains how we can start to leverage the placebo effect in order to tap into our own body's innate intelligence to heal itself. So without further ado, Let's jump right into this one with Dr. Aliyah Crum. Enjoy.
0: Okay, so despite continual advancements in medicine, one of the most fascinating aspects of healing remains something we've been aware of for centuries, the placebo effect. So today I want to talk about what the placebo effect is, what we know currently about it, but also discuss what we can do to more effectively leverage it to our advantage. So the placebo effect demonstrates the power, the sometimes surprising power of our minds, our thoughts, our beliefs, our expectations to recruit healing properties in the body. Simply taking a sugar pill under the impression that it's a real medication can not only improve your depression or your anxiety, but also reduce your blood pressure curb your asthma, boost your immune system. Placebo surgeries, yes, you heard me right. Surgeries in which doctors put people under anesthesia, cut them open, and suture them back up again without doing anything, can get people back on their feet and moving again. And placebo effects don't always take the form of sugar pills or faux procedures, and their effects aren't always so rosy. Fake poison ivy can cause real rashes. The mere fear of side effects can make those effects more likely. And as the major threats to our health have changed from infectious to chronic diseases, and we increasingly look to changes in our behavior, exercise, diet, and stress for solutions, what we're finding is that the benefits of those behaviors, too, depend in part on our beliefs. For example, in a study we ran uh, while I was at Yale University, we gave people the exact same milkshake, but with two very different labels one that was sensible, low-fit, low-calorie, and one that was indulgent, high-fat, high-calorie. What we found was fascinating. When people thought they were consuming the indulgent shake, their bodies responded as if they had had more calories. This was marked by the gut peptide ghrelin, which is related to hunger and metabolism. So over the years, medical experts, neuroscientists, placebo researchers have shown that placebos work not just by making us say we feel better, but by producing, activating a whole host of neurobiological effects. I could spend all day talking to you about placebo effects, and those who were at lunch with me just now know that I will. Um, But while these studies are fascinating the more useful question, these are provocative studies, but the more useful question is not, is there a placebo effect, but what can we do as patients, as providers, as wellness experts to harness the placebo effect consciously and deliberately? The disturbing truth is, Despite being aware of the placebo effect for centuries, we know relatively little about what it really is, and we know even less about what to do to produce it on demand. But there's a good reason for our lack of understanding. When we develop new drugs or new treatments, new therapies, we spend billions of dollars trying to outperform the placebo effect. In this model, the randomized control trial model, there are only two possible outcomes for the placebo effect. If the drug or new therapy outperforms the placebo, which it turns out is very difficult to do, only about 10% of new drugs or therapies pass this test, but if it does, if it outperforms the placebo, what happens to the placebo? it's immediately deemed irrelevant. We forget all about any benefit that could have occurred from merely you know, believing that one is getting this treatment. If, on the other hand, the drug does not outperform the placebo, or the new treatment does not outperform the placebo effect, then what happens to the placebo? Any thoughts? Shout it out. It's also irrelevant. It's irrelevant in a different way. It's actually not irrelevant. Now the placebo effect is the villain, right? Our hopes and dreams are dashed. And millions, actually it's on the order of billions of dollars, go down the drain to a tune of a familiar refrain. It was nothing more than just a placebo effect. Now, don't get me wrong, this is an important model, this is a good, rigorous standard when testing the efficacy of a new drug or therapy. But what this model obscures, what we so often forget, is that in the practice of medicine, the reality of medicine, the reality of wellness, the placebo effect doesn't disappear, it remains actively involved and at play. When we realize this, the whole meaning of placebo effect changes. It's no longer a nuisance variable, but the scaffolding, the foundation, the support system on which the total effect of any treatment is placed. And when we realize this, we realize we need new models, models that don't just compare against the placebo effect, but models that seek to unpack and understand its underlying components. So let's take a trip to the doctor's office, and I'll tell you about a study where we begin to do just that. So in this study, we had a healthcare provider administer a a prick of histamine to the forearm of 164 patients. So histamine produces an allergic reaction Uh, on most everybody, uh, which you can measure as it changes in size over time. So about six minutes after this histamine was uh, applied and the rash is full-blown, the provider uh, rubs on an inert cream, a placebo cream. For half of the participants, she has some good news. She says, this is an antihistamine cream, it's going to make your rash and irritation Better. The other half, she has some not so good news. We can do this in our research. This probably wouldn't happen in real life, hopefully. Uh, But she says, This is a histamine agonist. It's going to make your rash and irritation worse. When we came back and measured the size of the reaction 10 minutes later, here's what we found. When the participants thought that the rash or the cream was going to make their rash worse, the rash was worse. And when they thought it was going to make their rash better, the rash was better. Now, this alone is interesting because it suggests that the effect of a treatment depends on the mindsets that we have about that treatment. In other words, mindsets like, this will work, or this is risky, are not irrelevant they matter in shaping treatment outcomes. But where do those mindsets come from? How are they informed? Now here, obviously, the, the provider's words were a primary factor. But there could be other factors, right? Like how she acts, or maybe social cues, maybe her uh, white coat. In psychology, we call this the social context. And countless studies have shown that the social context matters tremendously. So this brings us back to the original question. What is the placebo effect really? Well, first, there's the ability of our body to heal itself with time. If you do nothing, the body has a natural and remarkable tendency to heal itself with time. We discussed this this morning. But also there's the ability of our mindsets, the mental lenses through which we're perceiving the treatment that work. Why? Because it activates, it triggers our body's natural healing abilities. And third, there's the influence of the social context, the medical ritual, the wellness ritual, the bedside manner, the branding of the drugs, the things that shape our mindset that in turn activates the body's natural healing abilities. When we start to really understand these underlying components in a more sophisticated way, we can become freed from our outdated notions of placebo effects as some mysterious response to a sugar pill and begin reclaiming them for what they actually are. The words we choose to use. The connections we choose to create. And we can begin to ask more sophisticated sophisticated questions, questions like, what is the best mindset to have when you're diagnosed with cancer or diabetes? And how can we create social context imbued with a sense of warmth and competence for people of all backgrounds and ages and races and perspectives? So these are some of the questions that we're interested in in our lab at Stanford University because we believe that medicine and wellness has a real opportunity here. We're talking about simple, inexpensive solutions, changes in our words and our actions that can make a meaningful difference in objective health outcomes. At the end of the day, three things are indisputable. First, these components, these forces underlying placebo effects are not irrelevant. They are alive and at play in every single medical or wellness encounter. Second, these forces, they are not adversaries, they're allies, critical building blocks in a hierarchy of healing that can occur. And third, these forces are not mysterious. They can be measured, they can be categorized, and they can be quantified. You know, we spent 13 years and $3 billion mapping the human genome. The results, the early results, have promised that the future of medicine will be be more personalized and more precise than ever before. It's been worth every hour and every dollar. But we've also left some really important stones unturned. The healing potential of these forces, the mindset, the social context, the body's natural ability to heal, can be an extraordinary resource for health and living a well life just as soon as our own minds are open to it.
1: Big thanks to Dr. Aaliyah Crumb for stopping by. If you'd like to connect with her, you can go to her lab's website, which is mbl.stanford.edu. Her Twitter is Aaliyah Crum, and I got this clip from YouTube, and it is entitled gws 2017. Understanding the Positive Implications of the Placebo Effect, Aaliyah Crum. And also, I listened to a podcast episode that she was on, I believe last year, and it was really good. And I highly recommend that you check that out if you like today's topic. And that was the Huberman Lab podcast with Dr. Aaliyah Crum. And the topic or the title for that podcast episode was Dr. Aaliyah Crum, Science of Mindsets. For health and performance and I'll have all the links to connect with her as well as all her work as well as everything that I just mentioned and they will all be in the show description below so you can go and check that out and if also if you'd like to delve further into today's topic you can pick up a book by Dr. Joe Dispenza it is entitled You Are the Placebo Making Your Mind Matter so you can also go and check that one out all right that is a wrap for me I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.